It's time for the best money in the bank review show. <laughs> and welcome so. back to the three count podcast. That was my attempt at a, a Chris Jericho ever. Oh, it wasn't, uh, wasn't your best work, Dylan. It wasn't. No, good. not my best work. He dropped one today <laughs> on Dynamite, and I was like, oh, I'm going to give it a try. Uh, did not happen. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for joining us on the Three Count Podcast. I'm Dylan Chambers. Joining me is Senor Benny in the Bank, Ben Hobden. Welcome into the show, mate. G'day, mate. Uh, how are you? What's going on? Big week mate, in wrestling. It has been a big week in wrestling. Uh, I've been trying to catch up on sleep with uh, the little one not sleeping brilliantly and uh, having to catch up on you know 45 hours of wrestling. I know you've had some work At dramas least. and it's just... It's, it's a lot of wrestling to catch up on, but, you know, it's it's a fun thing to catch up on. It is. It's, it's sort of like something to just take your mind off it so you can just sort of relax and get into it, which is, uh, yeah, I did that for Money in the Bank, mate. It was, uh, it was a good show. Yeah. I mean, it kind of helps to it, for it to be a catch-up, seeing as it starts at 5 a.m. We probably weren't going to get up for it anyway. So nah. uh, you just got to make sure to stay off those socials. Yeah, exactly. It was tough, too, because it took me a couple of days, and I was, uh, yeah, dodging <laughs> MIA. stuff. MIA. Dodging stuff left, right, and center. So, yeah. MIA on Instagram for a couple of days. <laughs> well, we are going to take you through our thoughts and ratings on Money in the Bank today. We're going to discuss all the latest news. And for our three count draft this week, we're going to be drafting the best intercontinental champions. I'll spit that out. Uh, so, stick around for that one later in the show. Follow us on the socials at Three Count Podcast on Instagram and TikTok at Three Count Pod on Facebook and hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you're listening or watching to us. Benny, let's get into the news. And I'm assuming everyone has seen Money in the Bank. They're not relying on us for, uh, for no. what's going to happen. So spoilers here, but Drew McIntyre made his return at Money in the Bank. No, I kind of called it. I kind of called it on the pre-show. I did say I think Drew will be there. It's obviously in England, so we had to had to make a, an appearance, you know. Not where I thought he was going to do it, but it looks like we're going to go into a good feud with that one. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, we'll get to what's going to happen there later. But Drew McIntyre is back. Uh, the Creed brothers they lost a loser leaves NXT match. Uh, so main roster call up, you reckon? They, you'd have to think so. Yeah. Um, like unless if they find some way to try and get back or some stipulation or something like that. But it'd have to be main. They're not going to leave, surely. Yeah. So they'll come in. I guess same as like pretty deadly up there at the moment. They'll just come in and. Um, do you reckon they go straight for the titles? I don't know. They'll be in yeah, some sort know. of tournament or something. But I mean, yeah, just what the main roster needs, another tag team that's not going to get a shot at any titles. Yeah. NXT uh, tag teams have not always fared well coming up. So <laughs> No, no. We, we will see there. Cree brothers may be making their way to the main roster. Speaking of NXT, Gable Stevenson. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't call it a debut, but, you know, he certainly made his presence felt on NXT, just suplexing the crap suplex. out of everyone who came near him. Yeah, Suplex City. Um, that was, I don't know why they keep going back to this uh, underground stuff. It, it was terrible. It yeah. was really bad. It really I, was. I wasn't enjoying watching that. But uh, the end of it, obviously, was Stevenson, the way he was carried on. They're trying to give him a little push, I think. So it'll be, yeah. he, he's oh, he's got almost feels about him to me, though. <laughs> just see him trying to, like, get excited and sell on the outside and stuff. It was all oh, was tough. Yeah, yeah. He uh, probably still has a little bit of work to go. Um, now, Logan Paul, he has offered to fight for free for the UFC if he's on the undercard of the Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> fight card. I didn't see uh, this. Wow. Now, if you haven't heard, uh, 
Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg are talking about fighting. They've thrown a couple of barbs out on, on social media towards each other and they're talking about setting up a fight night. So Logan Paul wants to be on the undercard of that. He wants to fight either Andrew Tate or uh, uh-huh. Paddy Pimblett. Oh, Paddy and Rooney. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Logan Paul, he's going to fight for charity if it happens. Fair enough. It's not going to happen, Elon no, Musk. No, it can't. Well, I don't know. You know, uh, Musk has been training with GSP, so. Well, um, Zuckerberg's a, a like jujitsu expert. I don't know about expert, but yeah. He's done. He's done a bit of jujitsu. But, um, you know, the sad thing is if it happens, it's going to do really well. Oh, and it was still more than McGregor Mayweather probably. (laughs) Because people just want to watch two dudes just get the shit kicked out of them, really. Yeah, yeah. Can we just throw someone else in there? Yeah, like like an alligator or or a bear? (laughs) Yeah. That'd be more fun. (laughs) Let them have a two-on-one against like a legit UFC fighter. Bam, bam, tied to a There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, we've 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 got it written down here. Uh, now, I feel like we keep going back to NXT, but Baron Corbin's new gimmick is he has no gimmick. Yeah, he burned all his clothes the other day and said, uh, I need to start again, pretty much. Went back to the lone wolf and, uh, yeah, he's thrown that up. I mean, what his gimmick is that he's Baron Corbin. This is going to be a tough one to get over. <laughs> Yeah, look, everything with Baron Corbin's always been. I like him. Like, I think he's good, but he's just, again, he just never, nothing ever sticks with him. No. He needs uh, something to click. I think what happened, the original thing with Baron was when he first came in, he was really a lone wolf, especially in the back, and nobody really liked him. So it sort of made it tough for him. And he just, like, he's he's built relationships now as he's gone on. But if if you're not really liked by the guys back at the back to begin with, it's going to make it tough for you always. Absolutely. They're not going to want to do work with you. So, with this no gimmick, do you think he's better off staying in NXT for a while or coming back up? Oh, I think you're better off building it up down there if you're going to do anything. Like, yeah. where's he going to? Where's he going to slot in on the main? Like the main roster? It's the main roster stacked. At, well, not stacked, but it's just sort of. There's no spot for him up there. No, nah, it's just mid card central at the moment on the, yeah. on the main card. Absolutely. Uh, well, speaking of cards, we've got seven matches rumored for SummerSlam. Uh, Cody Brock, Cody yeah. Brock, Roman J, McIntyre, Gunther, Rousey, Baszler, Trish and Becky, Asuka, Charlotte, and Bianca Triple Threat, and Logan Paul and LA Knight. Yeah. Logan Paul and LA Knight. I thought it was Logan Paul and Ricochet. Well, I don't know if that one will make uh, SummerSlam. I, I mean, I guess they could build it up to that, but. Um, I mean, they, they're going face-to-face next week. Yeah. We'll see what happens with it. But they got to put LA Knight somewhere, and it makes sense for him to go against Logan Paul. Well, but the problem is with that is Logan needs a win. He's had four losses. That's true. Run, so you don't really want to kill the momentum of LA Knight either. So That's I mean, true. Ricochet could take the L in a really athletic – but if they do it before then, you know what I mean? But yeah. I don't think I don't think Logan will be on Raw this week and then – do a match the following week and then he'll want a summer slam. That means he'll be doing like six or seven weeks in a row, which is not something that Logan does at WWE really. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm thinking, so he's got the face-to-face ricochet, but he's still got a long time to SummerSlam, still five weeks. So yeah, you're right. Maybe they just tease it out. Uh, we'll see. Um, moving on from WWE, Eddie Kingston is the <laughs> new, new Japan strong open weight champion. He beat Kenta. 
Now, last night when I sent you this text, how excited were you? You got excited, didn't you? And you were like, who is it? I and got excited because I had no idea who it was. And then I said, it's your best mate, Eddie uh, Kingston. Eddie Kingston, and- the guy who gives us all hope that we could be <laughs> New Japan Strong Openweight Champion. Hey, look, anybody could now. But, you know, half his luck. But, yeah, I'm not a fan of Eddie's. Uh, did you, Just, and if you see the pictures afterwards, he's almost crying. He's hugging people. He's like, I've but you know, so you know what? For this. Some people love him. Yeah. Absolutely love him. I can't get around it, but each to their own, I guess. But yeah, nah, not for me. Yeah. All right. Uh, and speaking of uh, AEW, eighteen-year-old uh, Nick Wayne, son of legendary trainer Buddy Wayne, he's going to be making his debut on Dynamite next week against Swerve who actually defeated for the Defy World Championship back in April. But 18-year-old Nick Wayne, who got given a AEW contract when he was 16, I think. Yeah, I, thought, uh, I was going to say, is that the kid who got it at 16 or whatever? So. And now now he's come of age and, and ready to go up. Swerve always puts on a good show, though. So, I mean, yeah. he'll, he'll sell pretty well for him and stuff like that. So it'll be, be cool to see. All right, let's get into the Money in the Bank card. We kick things off with a men's Money in the Bank ladder match. The match started with everyone beating down on Logan Paul, which the crowd just <laughs> ate up. Love uh, there were some great spots. You know, Ricochet launched himself through a ladder and out to the ring. Uh, Paul hit a huge frog splash on Priest onto a ladder. And with the crowd chanting, you still suck after that awesome move. It was uh, good stuff from the English crowd there. Uh, then there was a, a big botched Spanish fly by Ricochet on Logan Paul through two tables on the outside, which like if they had pulled off, it would have been absolutely incredible. It was yeah. incredible enough that they got to where they did after they were all tangled in the ropes. Well, they tried and, to jump off the ladder, land on the ropes and then do the Spanish fly from there. Like, I think they were trying to bite off too much more than they could chew. You know what I mean? But absolutely it, hard enough. They do hard enough for one person to land on the ropes uh, two at the same time. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> that's getting tough. Uh, so, yeah, so that did not happen and it looked kind of ugly, uh, but they were both okay, thank goodness. Uh, the crowd were just so hot for LA Knight. They, you know, teased him climbing the ladder each time. The crowd went off. It was great. But in the end, it was Priest who knocked LA Knight off the ladder to pull down the case. What did you think, Benny? Well, mate, first of all, you've mentioned it a couple of times there about the crowd, but how hot were they? Like, just um, uh, this is over the whole show, but especially in that match as well for Logan. But I just quickly to segue, I feel like they took away from the show a little bit that crowd. I think they hijacked it the whole show a bit too much. I will so. get into that a little bit later. Okay, then. okay, good. I, I feel like that's a good thing. Okay, <laughs> um, yeah. So the match myself, uh, look, it was good. It was a bit sloppy. Obviously, we've talked about um, there was some great high spots like that frog splash onto Priest from Logan. Logan's come out and said he could feel his rib cage just crush underneath Priest, like oh, well, on top of Priest. It just was, he hurt it. It almost hurt me just watching it. That's how, <laughs> it was so, just like that thud. Yeah. Um, Butch, you know, that moonsault off the top was impressive. Uh, they made him look good at the, the home crowd. One of my highlights was when he got the cricket bat out and then Wade Barrett turns around and says, it's about time an Englishman swung the cricket bat well because we're getting <laughs> smashed in the ashes down at Lords right now. So that was pretty good. But overall, I think it was a bit too sloppy. I don't think Shinsuke needed to be in the match at all. That was just silly. Why was he there? Yeah. Uh, but I gave it a one and a half count for me. Yeah. I gave it a two. Like, I thought it was a fun match. Obviously, there was the, the botch towards the end. Uh, I thought it was just an above average money in the bank match. Um, Ricochet is the new Shelton Benjamin, isn't he? He's just oh, going to yeah, be in 100%. these matches 
for years to come. Yeah, you need him. Uh, He's the high flyer. He's got to do it. So, Priest, the new senior money in the bank, who's he cash in on? Well, it looks like he's obviously going to try and do it on Seth. Then, you know, we've got the rift with Judgment Day. I can't imagine him doing it against Gunther or why would you want to go for the US title? So, and, and then, you know, Roman's got the whole stuff with Jay. So, it has to be Seth or it could be he might hold on to it for a long time. Like, I, I feel like he'll hold it until probably Rumble era. era. Yeah. Sort of. It'll be a longer one than what we usually get used to. Maybe Balor finally beats Seth and then he cashes it in on him. I still think it's too early for that. But maybe. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. Still, I think he'll hold on to it for a while as well. Like, if they uh, were going to do that, though, they've teased it already on the night. Yeah. Just sort of, it's they've ruined that whole possibility. But that's the whole thing with the Judgment Day. They rush everything with the Judgment Day. So Yeah. I think they're going to do this thing where they tease like every week. Oh, I hate and that Something's so going to happen every week. Right? Like the Austin Theory one. Like It's just better to just have it and not even bring it out with you. Yeah. Never and threaten then, to cash it in. No. Just every now and then just sitting backstage with it or yeah. something like that. And then out of nowhere, everyone forgets about it. And then when you cash it in, it's like, oh, that's right. Here's the money in the bank. Let's go. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Just use it to win matches by hitting, you know, your opponents with it. <laughs> Fair enough. He is a heel, so it works. Yeah. Uh, all right. Moving on. The Women's Tag Team Championship, Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler against Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan. Rousey and Baszler, they focused on attacking Liv Morgan's injured arm until out of nowhere, Baszler attacks Rousey, lets her you know, get a Tahata bomb and Oblivion and get pinned by Morgan. Uh, I gave this one, look, I gave this one a one and a half. Oh. I gave it a one count for the match, a half count for the turn. Look, I know the turn made no sense within the context of the match. No. Uh, but it was still cool to see. And it was unexpected, that's for sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it that. But, yeah, I've, re- I've literally written it was a match. Nothing really stood out for me. Um, I can't get, get behind Raquel at all. She's in that Omos category for me. Like, she's yeah. a brilliant, she's a brilliant, like, wor- not worker, but, like, I mean, she's a powerhouse. But I just can't get behind her at all. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, what's the use? What is is it a Baszler face turn, I guess, by turning on Rousey? Well, I don't know if you've seen uh her promo on Raw. Um yeah, but yeah. it was it was so good. She just tore shreds off Rousey. Yeah, just saying, you know, I'm the reason everything yeah. else. No one wants to hear you on the microphone, like yeah, you know, you're terrible at it. Yeah, you're the reason. Yeah, I'm I'm the reason you're here. And it was, it was such a, it was a really good promo with being like kind of asshole-ish, which uh, Baszler is supposed to be, but also, you know, the crowd hates Rousey. So, so it, it was well done. Um, it's, you know what, this match and then as Seth Rollins reminds me of this as well is, so we've got the face and the heel, right? There's these days, there's that one in the middle, like, yeah, they're meant to be bad, but everybody likes them, and or they're meant to be good, and everyone hates them. It's just they're not a heel or a face. Yeah, so I feel like that's where Baszler sort of will sit into now. Rousey gets turned on and still becomes more of a heel with yeah. getting beat down is always a weird one. But yeah, it, I gave it a one count, mate. It was just it was just nothing really for me. But um, I, I like Liv. Liv's Liv's pretty cool. But other than that, yeah. yeah. Did you like the uh, ginger spice get up she had going on? Is that what it was? I guess so. Ode to the Spice Girls. Right. That makes sense now. Um, so, you know, we've got Rousey and Baszler probably happening at SummerSlam. I think 
Uh, Rousey has a hard out after SummerSlam, so I'm assuming she'll put Baszler over. We'll talk about the odds in a couple of weeks, but um, I'm assuming that's what will happen. Um, I don't think that match sells puts many bums on seats, to be honest. We, you just people just want it. We got to find a way in the next couple of weeks to make Rousey even more hated. Yeah. Um, she can't play this. Oh, why did you do this to me? Card. We've yeah, got to find. Yeah. We've got to find ways to just like get some monster heat somehow. Well, fingers crossed. Otherwise, it's just going to be one of those popcorn matches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then speaking of popcorn matches, uh, Morgan and Rodriguez's new opponents are Green and Deville. Yeah. Again. <laughs> your boy Matt Cardona has already come out and said that uh, when Chelsea wins the title, he's going to wear that title to an indie match. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they. I hope they do win. Yeah. Let's shake things up. Look, Chelsea Green's been super underrated since she's uh, like came back onto the scene. Like she's a great worker. Deville's obviously a great worker as well. They've yeah. just been, I mean, the Karen gimmick's a bit. Yeah, I think I was just gonna say that's what it is. It's the gimmick that sort of put put Chelsea on the back foot. But I mean, it's yeah. not on the back foot, it's just that, that it makes her think everybody can't work. She can't work. Yeah. But she but, can actually work in the ring. But that gimmick. While holding the titles, I think oh, will work. Yeah, that yeah, that's a good point. I think that will work. So that's what I'm hoping for. No offense to Liv and Raquel, but you know, let's shake things up. Let's make things interesting. Um, what wasn't shaking things up is the Intercontinental Championship match. Gunther and Matt Riddle. Gunther mostly dominated, focused on the injured ankle, ended up uh, tapping him out to the ankle lock. Uh, but it was what happened after the match, which was more noteworthy, as uh, Drew McIntyre returned and laid out Gunther. Uh, I gave it a one and a half. Look, it was an okay match, but it was definitely subpar for Gunter. Yeah, definitely. Literally written the same thing. It was more of a technical match. I don't know what he was trying to do there. He's sort of just sort of doing those all those different technical moves, working the ankle and everything. I gave it a one and a half as well. But Drew McIntyre, like that was the crowd popped. That was crazy. Yeah, nice, nice little pop there. Uh, then we had Cody Rhodes and Dominic Mysterio. Uh, early in the match, Cody ripped off his cast to the surprise of Dirty Dom. He then got to <laughs> running away. Uh, but Rhodes, he overcame many attempts at Rhea to try and interfere and end up making light work of Mysterio in the end. What did you think, Benny? Look, I don't really think that it needed to be on the card. It's, it was more of a raw match than anything. Dom went better than I expected. We know Dom can sort of go. I think Rhodes made him look a lot better. Um, I think it was just a, it was a nothing match again for me, really. Um, I gave it a one count um, and that was, yeah, not really much more to say about it, really. Uh, I agree. Like, would have been a good match for the mid card of a Raw, yeah. not for a pay-per-view. Um, it's like an excuse to get both the guys on the card. Yeah, get just to get um, Cody over and, like, Rhea wasn't doing anything, so it gets Rhea out there as well. And... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it didn't really do anything for anyone. Um Brock's return, so it looks like we're getting Cody and Brock at SummerSlam. What what does Mysterio do from here? I mean, surely it helps him being in the the ring with Cody for a match like that. But where where do we go with Mysterio? Well, he seems to be he's he's sort of third or fourth fiddle in the whole group, isn't he? In Judgment Day, so he's just going to stay that mid card section. He'll, but he's so like not over with the crowd, but so they just hate it's so him. much hate. Yeah, so much hate. So. They'll try and find something for him, but I'm just trying to think who's the biggest face that they can try and put him against. They've already done it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, he had the match with Seth, and Seth really gave it to him on 
on Raw with the crowd and everything like that. Just try it again, Dom, and then he tries to speak and the crowd just boo him <laughs> over the top again. So um, he'll probably help Rhea sneak a couple of victories and stuff like that. And he'll just sort of take a backseat for a little bit, I think. I think that's probably where it's at because it seems like it's been Rhea accompanying him to the ring a lot. Yeah. Maybe we flip it a little bit, have him, you know, cost other girls a lot of title opportunities and that kind of, not that Rhea needs any help. Um, She's the champ. Like, obviously yeah. she had the match with um, with Natalia on Raw, but, you know, you need, you should be pushing the champ more and more and more, but it just feels yeah. like she's she's been back of house. She's his valet, so. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's, to be the valet. Yeah, let's, let's flip the script. Yeah. Uh, we then had the horns hit after this match. Do, 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 do. John Cena couldn't help himself, uh, came out to the crowd, you know, plenty of cheers here. Gets in, yeah, you know, he starts talking about WrestleMania in London. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with that. <laughs> then we get Grace Waller comes out. They have a bit of a back and forth on Mania. Uh, Grayson saying Mania should be in Australia, which, you know. We agree. We, we agree with. Um, and then he attacked Cena and uh, got an AA for his trouble. But he did look like the better man on the mic, I think. Who, Grayson? I think so. I think John was just really giving him that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, obviously, John gave Theory that moment at WrestleMania or whatever else. And Waller's now coming. The best part about this whole thing is, is that there must be talk of England or Australia for a WrestleMania. Like, why would you do this? if it wasn't a possibility. So they've, they've put it on the map that Australia might be a chance. That's the way I look at it. That's the one positive I'm taking out of this. Absolutely. Now, it, it's time to unleash, Benny. It's oh, time for me to unleash. Now, folks, I've been... let, me, let me just set this up. Dylan had told me this week that he's got a bit of... Something's really getting at him, and he just needs to just let him... Just unleash what he's got going on. And this is the moment, Dylan. This is your moment. And I feel like this might go viral on TikTok once you post it, but uh, better than my one. So have at it, Bill. What are, what's your thoughts? Benny, you know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> the English. Wow. The freaking English, all right? <laughs> like you mentioned, they were hijacking this show. They've been gifted this amazing pay-per-view. They're hijacking it. Look, sing your songs, do your little Premier League stuff. That's great. Don't hijack the show and ruin it for everyone else, all right? Now... I thought I'll look back and I'll see what England has been given. It's, it's this big thing at the moment, all right? It started off with we had Wade Barrett commentating the pay-per-view. We then had Nigel McGuinness commentating on Collision, AEW. We then have Kevin Patrick commentating on Raw. We're just getting hammered with all these English commentators. I'm like, why is there... It's such love for the English from WWE, AEW, the wrestling world in general. So I'll take a little bit of a look back. Now, England have had 12 pay-per-views slash premium live events uh, yeah, in the course of their history. How many do you think Australia's had? One. Yeah. Super Showdown. Was it the uh, count? <laughs> it does because it was technically a premier, uh, premium live event. <laughs> England has hosted Raw and SmackDown 62 times. Wow. Do you know how many times Australia's hosted Raw or SmackDown? Once. That would be the middle of a donut, Benny. Wow. Okay. Zero. However, 
let's look at the talent in WWE and AEW, all right? Total talent of Aussies in WWE, AEW is 13 to 15 for England, all right? They've got us by two. But Australia has four champions. Ooh. And England has zero. Oh. Now, on the main roster for WWE, we have six Aussies. The women's champion, Rhea Ripley, Bronson Reed, Emma, Grayson Waller, Indy Hartwell, Zion Quinn. England's got four, and they're both parts of tag teams. We've got Elton Prince and Kit Wilson and Ridge Holland and Butch. That's it. But no, you know, continue to show love, WWE. <laughs> uh, NXT, we've got the NXT Heritage Cup champion, Nathan Fraser. We've also got Duke Hudson of Chase University. Now, granted, NXT has a plethora of English talent, Tyler Bate, Charlie Dempsey, Blair Davenport, Jagger Reed, Rip Fowler, Stevie Turner. So they've got quite a few in NXT. But then let's also look at AEW, right? They're running this big all-in show. Uh, we've got the women's champ, Tony Storm. We've got yeah. one of the trios champs, Buddy Murphy. Yeah. We've also got Aussie Open, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis. They are part of the AEW roster. And we have Harley Cameron, who's killing it at the moment, showed some awesome rap skills the other day. AEW has Soraya, Jamie Hayter. Okay. Pack. Three big name players. Anthony Agogo, Kip Sabian. Do you even really count them? <laughs> um, so it's it's five each for AEW, but we've got two champions. So what are you doing? What are you doing, WWE? What are you doing, AEW? Look, I get it. All right. England's population is almost double out, a little bit more than double ours. But look at the talent. Yeah. Look at the talent. And our crowds go sick. As Grayson Waller said, where do you want to have a pay-per-view? You want to have it where the weather's beautiful, not with a whole bunch of whinging palms who can't win an Ashes <laughs> test to save themselves. So, so what there you saying, have it. What you're saying, Dylan, is they just need to stay in their crease and shut their mouth, huh? Ab- so freaking lootly. <laughs> and I'm also pleading with WWE and AEW, show us some love. I've just given you the stats. Australia is the shit. Now bring yourselves over here. Put on some big shows. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm talking to you, Triple H. I'm talking to you, TK. Let's do it. The fans are out here. Bring it on. Love it, Dil. Good work, mate. All right. Yeah, take take some value and you'll be right, mate. Have a bit of a rest. So, uh, Grayson Waller, I'm with you. (laughs) I'm with you. All right. Let's move on. The women's money in the bank ladder match. Uh, look, we got some fun EO and Bailey spots where Bailey stopped EO from winning and vice versa. Uh, poor Trish, you know, it kind of showed that she'd never been in a ladder match before. She took some nasty bumps, nasty shot to the face. Uh, spot of the match was a code red from uh, Zelina Vega on Zoe Stark off the ladder onto another ladder. I don't know how Zoe Stark was not in the hospital after that. But yeah, that was crazy. Incredible. Uh, but in the end, EO Sky, she used some handcuffs that were employed earlier on Becky Lynch by Trish to handcuff Becky and Bailey together through the ladder so they couldn't get free. And she climbed up for the win. That handcuff spot was so simple, but so good. Like, just brilliant spot, I reckon. Like, As just... they were doing it, I was worried that they wouldn't be able to get the cuffs in. Yeah, yeah. I was worried for them. I was like, yeah. uh. Um, what did you give this match to? I gave it a two count. I thought it was just as enjoyable as the men's match. Yeah, I gave it a two count as well. I gave the men's a one and a half. So I actually enjoyed this more than the men's match. It was fun. 
as you said, it had some good spots, but it just felt more. You don't really say this about the women's matches, but there wasn't as many botches. No, you know what I mean, I think the men went for too much. The women just sort of got the job done. Zoe Stark looked strong. Trisha's poor nose, though. Oh my god, she just copped it. Poor Trish. Um, it, it was a fun match, but yeah, as I said, I think that handcuff spot was just brilliant. Uh, one little funny highlight was when Bailey was coming to the ring, and uh, the ring announcer said, "Representing the Judgment Day, Bailey." <laughs> so, so since then, Bailey's put out a tweet going, "Congratulations to my teammates," and it's a picture of EO Sky and Damian Priest, both with the money <laughs> in the bank. Thought that was pretty clever. But yeah, uh, I, I, I gave it a two count. I don't know if you saw the uh, the press conference afterwards, no. but EO and Bailey both came out to do the press conference, and the talk was that we won money in the bank. <laughs> Brilliant. We've won money in the bank. You know, like Bailey seemed like she was trying to get in on it. And uh, so there could be some fun stuff. You know, you would think EO eventually cashes in on Asuka. I think that's the money match there. But I feel like she should hold it for a while. She's already like the third longest holder of the women's money in the bank. Yeah, well, they're always cashed in on the night, aren't they? So. Um, so yeah, she's already up there, but I, I hope she holds it for a while and uh, and just lets it slowly drive a wedge in damage control. That's a fair point. Unless if like if the triple threat match for SummerSlam is what it's going to be, you know, if if Asuka does win that, and she runs out and cashes it in on Asuka there. That'd be pretty cool. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And oh, uh, speaking of EO, what about that moon salt she did? Like oh, that she's yeah, Empress of the Skies. I know, but come on, that was she's so amazing. Yeah, she's so amazing. Good. Well deserved. Yeah. Uh, we then had the World Heavyweight Championship match. Uh, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, very good match. Would have been, would have gone from good to great, I think, if it had gone for longer and had a little bit less interference. But in any case, towards the end of the match, Priest made his way out. He teased a cash in, which distracted Balor and allowed Seth to hit the stomp and get the win. What did you think, Benny? Mate, I didn't think it was as good as what you've just given it, to be honest. Like, I gave it a one and a half count, but... I just thought these two could have put on so much more. It just felt, it was a bit of a letdown. It felt flat. I don't know. Maybe I just went in with too high of expectations of it. And then the the whole tease of the, the briefcase at the end just ruined it even more for me. Yeah. Um, it just really retract, like detracted from the match, unfortunately. Um, the funny thing was obviously at the beginning when Seth's standing there and the crowd's going crazy, that crowd would have sung for seven hours, just going, whoa, like nonstop. Yeah. If he didn't move his hands, I reckon. It was just yeah. never going to end. They're but used yeah, to doing that. Yeah, true. They, they cheered for 90 minutes. Freaking English crowd. Don't get started, Dylan. You've already <laughs> had your crowd. <laughs> yeah, but well, yeah, uh, I, I gave it a two. You know, I thought it was an above average match, but certainly nowhere near what these two guys could have done. Um, do, do we go back to the well? Are we in for more? Uh, Balor I think it's just going to continue. We, yeah. Obviously, Balor came out on Raw um, and cost you know, cost Priest a chance to cash uh, win the briefcase as well as again. So yeah. I think they were just going to keep seeing this kind of back and forth stuff and Rollins we, and Seth. Do we think it's going to be kind of like what I said for damage control? Maybe they just hold the briefcase for a while. It kind of causes a rift and... Yeah, possibly. It's maybe we see a Bala face turn. Mm, maybe. I think I think he's doing great work as a heel though. You put... Maybe you put Seth and Bala in a cage or something like at, at SummerSlam and then that stops Priest from cashing in or something like that. That's his yeah. way Seth will work around it. But Balor's just had the hell in the cell with Edge at WrestleMania, so I can't see him having a hell in the cell. Yeah. Um, we'll see where it builds from here, but obviously, you know, Priest is going to keep winning his little mid-card matches, and we're going to continue with Seth and, and 
Finn. Maybe we end up seeing a Finn Priest match for the case. Oh well, I feel like it's been a while since we've had a nah. you know, put the case on the line match, two, hasn't it? Two years ago, the Miz against Otis. Ah, true. Yeah. Wow, that was only two years ago. Two or three, yeah. Ah, that's true. All right. Move on to the main event, Civil War, Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa against the Usos. Look, a, a brilliant, slow-paced, storytelling match. Oh. Us- Usos hit a double spear on Reigns. Jimmy hit a splash, then got caught in the guillotine, uh, fought out of it, which was pretty amazing, being able to lift Roman up from the ground. Yeah. Uh, the Usos hit the 1D, but a ref bump stopped them from getting the win. Then Roman and Sokoa took control, and they stacked the Usos. They both kicked out of that. Uh, which ended up leading to Jay hitting the splash on Roman and getting the pinfall victory. Roman pinned for the first time in three years. Did somebody call it or did somebody call it? Somebody call it. Now, Benny, I know on these reviews, you don't usually get questions thrown at you. but Oh, I do, here we go. I do have a little one for you. <laughs> we all know that the last person before Jay to pin Roman Reigns was Baron Corbin. Yeah. There were, before that. Oh. there were three other people in the ring when that happened. Can you oh. tell me who they are? <laughs> no, nah, I wouldn't have a clue. It One was, was Dolph Ziggler. One was yeah. Dolph Ziggler. The other two were FTR. Yeah, there you go. There wow. You go, so. Long time ago. I don't remember what... yesterday, let alone three and a half years ago, mate. <laughs> what did you think, Betty? Oh, I really enjoyed it, mate. Uh, like you said just a second ago, it was that slow, methodical build, you know, just working. The way Roman worked the crowd, worked the cameras, just he's so good at that. Like, Absolutely. I, down. It's something I, I really realised in this match, it was like every one of Roman's matches are incredible, almost half because of his facials. Yeah, yeah. Nothing to do with it. Or not half of the ring and then half of what he does and even, on the outside. Even after the matches, you know, like the, the facials are everything for Roman. He's just an absolute genius at it. Yeah. It was, uh, what, they were giving him the tribal, uh, can I say it? Tribal wanker call. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, on, from the crowd, they were giving it to him. Um, that ref bump looked pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, did you see it? He hit his leg on the rope and it looked like he went bound. Um, but overall, slow, methodical match. Really enjoyed it. So many false finishes. You know, they had the double stack, the reminiscing of WrestleMania and that kind of stuff. Um, and I gave it a two and a half count personally. The video package before the match as well. Oh, that was brilliant. It was like a yeah. Academy Award winning movie almost. It was so good. So good. I gave it a two and I gave it a two and a half as well. Two for the match, half for Jay pinning Roman. Um and yeah, you know, are we gonna get Jay and Rome at SummerSlam. SS Slam main event. Slam. Maybe. <laughs> I could not fit the rest in there. So S Slam it is. Uh, or do we get Sokoa and Jimmy as well? Yeah. Oh, I think they'll be in their corners. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've got the tribal court uh this week on SmackDown. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens there. But yeah, just as we say every time with these bloodline matches, just incredible stuff. Yeah, completely agree. But yeah, overall, good show, just above par. Um, but if you go off my ratings, it sounds like it wasn't that good. But watching it as a whole, it was actually a fun show to watch, if that makes sense. It felt more yeah. fun than, than the individual matches. Absolutely. So I feel like that's a good thing when you come away from a WWE pay-per-view going, I had fun watching that. But then when you watch the individual matches, they weren't as great as what you thought. Yeah. So. You know what would have made uh, the pay-per-view better? 
being in Australia. <laughs> Stay in your uh, crease, England. Stay in your crease. All right, let's move on. We have the three-count draft. It's time. The best intercontinental champions. We had 89 to choose from. There's been 89 different intercontinental champions. And we're going to do them all. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, yeah, we should <laughs> draft all 89. Uh, our top five each. Um, I get to draft first for this one. I don't know if there's a clear-cut number one here. Can, can I ask you with your list, did you go with who you liked more or who was better or that kind of thing? I, I kind of went with who, like, when I think of intercontinental, the intercontinental champion. I'm going to keep <laughs> stuffing that up. Uh, who jumps to mind and, yeah. and who elevated the title? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, that's cool. So there's been a, a couple of guys who I think really elevated the title, so it became almost on par with the the championship. And I'm I'm going to start with one of the guys who did that. And that's the Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, he he uh, was. I think he was the clear number one pick. Yeah, he's he has the third longest streak. Beat Tito Santana and. Ended up losing the title to Ricky Steamboat at, at WrestleMania three, but uh, yeah, he he was the guy who really elevated that title to to be next level because he was he was a main event star. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Great pick. I feel like the second pick in that this is a tough one because now that you've taken Macho Man, I don't. I feel like I know who you're going to take with your second pick, and if I take them, then I'm going to miss my next second pick. So I'm I'm gonna. Go. I don't think you know who I'm going to take. What's or not maybe H- you do. HBK, I know he's going to get picked in there somewhere. Um, I might just take him now just to annoy you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, look, I've got quite a few notes here on this stuff, but like you said, I'm the person who not, not only elevated it, but embodied the Intercontinental Championship for me. And I'm going to go with Chris Jericho. You got me. <laughs> you got me. Yes. Oh, uh, Jericho is going to be my next pick. I thought, oh, it's a lock, but he'll go with someone else. I think he's nine-time champion. And he's just, had the he's had the most reigns out of anyone yeah. nine nine times. Yeah, um, he's just and he was he was definitely the person who, when I thought Intercontinental Title, that was who first came to mind. Is the same same? Yeah, um, great pick there. Um, now. As much as the peeps will probably hate this, I'm going to take The Miz. Uh, he was up there for me as well. The Miz has the second most combined days and the second most reigns. And he he was another guy. Like the Intercontinental title had gone way downhill. Yeah. He picked it up and he elevated it back to near main event level again. Um, Great pick. And, and it's kind of hard to think. Of the Miz, like nowadays, of the Miz doing something like that, but he really did. He really elevated that title for you know, a long amount of time. I think of the Miz more as a intercontinental champ than what I ever think about him winning the world heavyweight title. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. Like, yeah, hundred percent. And he, I completely agree. Great pick. Miz was Miz is a brilliant pick. Damn you. Um. All right, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the bad guy. Reza Ramon, just those mid nineties. Uh, Razor just really was just the the face of the Intercontinental Title, I think. And uh, yeah, I just I just love Scott Hall and, and the bad guy. Razor great, Ramon. great pick there. He yeah, he did embody that title. He was four time champion over four hundred combined days. He yeah, he embodied that 
Intercontinental Championship for quite some time. And obviously that ladder match with Shawn Michaels is, goes down to history. Just him standing there at the top of it with the two titles out in his hand and stuff. Like, great, great match. Great, great stuff. Game. All right. Where do I go from here? <laughs> I think I know where I'm going. <laughs> it's the honky tonk man. Yeah. Um, look, if there was anyone that, you know, embodied the IC title, uh, it's the man who had the the longest streak of of having the title. Uh it was ended by Ultimate Warrior at SummerSlam 1988, but he was just I mean, it's it's kind of hard to think of if you didn't watch him, but he was such a great heel and he snuck his you know, did that classic sneaking his way out of, you know, winning so many matches. Um, and he was another one. He, he elevated that title as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when he won the title, it was like an upset against Ricky, the dragon steamboat after he won it off Macho man. So, I mean, and then he just held onto it for forever. Kind yeah. Of thing. So, forever. <laughs> forever. Um, so yeah. Honky Tonk man is a brilliant pick. Um, all right. Sort of gets a bit murky now, I think. Um, Although you did just mention the person I'm going to take next, the person who beat him for the title, Ultimate Warrior. Has Ultimate Warrior. Pick. Has to be the next pick. Um, he just obviously, before that match with uh, Hogan, you know, what was that? WrestleMania 6? Yep. Was it? I think so. Yeah. Uh, it was title versus title. So, you know, they were making the Intercontinental title look like a world heavyweight title, essentially. So that's it was up on the against uh, the world heavyweight title. So and Ultimate Warrior was a fan favorite, and you know just his energy he brought to it and everything like that. So I'm going to take the Warrior. Absolutely. All right. Good pick there. Um, a lot of old, old picks coming in here. There's not many current day. You know the Miz, obviously, but yeah, it's true. And I'm but I'm taking a, a, a not that old, I guess. I'm taking Shawn Michaels here. Hey, um, here he is. Like it's the <laughs> it's the Homer pick. Three-time champion, over 400 combined days. Only lost the title once, despite yeah. being a three-time champ. Yeah, because he used to pack up his, take his bat and ball and go home all the time. Forfeited sweet. the title twice. <laughs> only lost it once. Nah, great pick, great pick. I um, When I was going through this stuff, it just reminded me, I remember Shawn Michaels as that heel in the early 90s as the Intercontinental Champion, and it was a great time. He used to wear the the beret and the the giant yeah. earring. Yeah, yeah, the white yeah. outfit with the black and the red. Yeah, yeah. Nah, great pick, great pick. I was actually going to take him, not to spite you, because I thought it was a great <laughs> pick. So, um, oh, this is kind of hard for me. I I feel like I just have to counter and and take Brett the Hitman Hart. Okay, he was like, not on my list. Really. No, mate. He um, he's had the IC title twice, I think it was. Um, and he just he beat uh, Mr. Perfect for it at SummerSlam '91. So, and, and but that was back when Brett had just come out of the tag team. He was still in a tag team, and they weren't sure what to do with him. He beat Mr. Perfect in '91 and just went on a little bit of a run. And then next thing you know, he was just elevated straight into the world title race. So yeah, it really sort of progressed his career very quickly and i think that's what the intercontinental title does and he was a perfect example of that ah, so brett needed the title he didn't want to help the title out he just wanted to help get himself to uh the well, next we, level 
at least he bloody held onto it and didn't just throw it in the back of the truck and drive back to Texas, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> Bret like Hart. There's a rant coming here in a second if you keep that up. <laughs> Bret Hart, okay. Uh, all right, there's a couple of ways I can go with this last pick. Um, do I go classic? Do I go someone that pops to mind? Um, I've got kind of two classic picks and two relatively current picks. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with an old pick. I'm gonna go with Pedro Morales. Yeah, um, look, he's the second longest reign, the most combined days, and winning the. He won the IC title after he'd already won the world title. So winning the IC title. And he'd already won the tag titles. Winning that IC title made him the first Triple Crown champion. So Pedro needed the world title to get to the Intercontinental title. There you go. <laughs> there you go. He did. Yeah. No, yeah, all great statistics. I don't really know that much about Pedro, really. I've really looked him up and that kind of stuff. So I didn't really want to pick him. But that's a great pick. Like, I, just reading all his stats and stuff sounded great. Um. Oh, now I don't know. I feel like this is the last pick, isn't it? It is. Unless you want to go one more after this. No, nah, we'll do our honorable yeah. mentions like we always do. Um, look, there, I've got quite a few honorable mentions and I don't know who to take, but I'm just, I'm not going to take any of my honorable mentions and I'm just going to take Gunther right now. He was like, one of the, the three I had left. Yeah. He's just really, just, like, I know he's got Imperium with him and whatever else, but he just looks so dominant. And it just, it's it's the longest reign now in the the modern era or whatever it is. Um, He's two-ish months away from having the longest reign. Right, yeah. I just remember hearing them talk about it the other day. So it's just, you can't see him losing. Like, obviously, Drew's going to put up a good show, but I still think that Gunther gets up over Drew, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Which we'll talk about in a few weeks. But um, he's just, he's just so dominant, you know. And look, just set the record in. In the Royal Rumble, he's the favorite. He's the current favorite to win the Royal Rumble next year. I wouldn't be surprised if he holds both titles at the same time. And he likes to beat the absolute piss out of people. Yeah, well, that's always fun <laughs> as well. <laughs> uh, all right, there you have it. Our top five Intercontinental Champions. I have the Macho Man, the Miz, Honky Tonk Man, Shawn Michaels, and Pedro Morales. Benny's got Chris Jericho, Razor Ramon, Ultimate Warrior, Bret Hart, and Gunter. Honorable mentions, Benny, far away. China. China. The first China. and only woman. Yeah, that was uh that was my biggest one. Obviously the rock, but one of my favorites, uh the gold standard, Shelton Benjamin. He, Shelty B. When he wore the white belt, it just I love Shelty B and as intercontinental champion. I, I almost I almost took the rock, but because his first run when it was was when he was Rocky Mayavia so and it was like, it was so meh. Yeah. Uh he he didn't get picked for me, but yeah, still uh but that second run elevated him right into WWF title contention. Yeah. Um and then obviously the first intercontinental champion, Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson um, was there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Who what about you? Uh Tito Santana. Yeah. Um he had two really long intercontinental title runs. Uh Mr. Perfect. Uh yeah. he won won yeah, a tournament. Yeah. Won the tournament to win in nineteen ninety at uh, his second reign uh, lost to Bret Hart at uh, 91. Um, underrated, Cody Rhodes. Yeah, um, I, had, I had Cody. Because he, he brought back that classic workhorse white title design. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and wanted to elevate it, and I think he, he did that as well. 
Uh, Jeff Jarrett, he's tied for the third most reigns. And then Double uh, J, baby. Double J. And then a couple of joking honorable mentions. Poor old Zack Ryder, who held it for a day. <laughs> um, on at WrestleMania, right? And then, uh, yeah, lost it the next night. Woo, and poor, woo, woo. poor old uh, Shane Douglas. Oh, yeah. Dean Douglas. He, uh, he had a match. Uh, he's supposed to have a match with Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels forfeited. They gave him the title and said, Razor's your opponent. So he's the <laughs> champion for 20 minutes until Razor beat him. What about, uh, wasn't Santino Morella an intercontinental champion at one stage? He was. He was. <laughs> There's another funny one. There's been some great champions. Edge was, Christian was, um, Jeff Hardy was. Jeff Hardy, yeah. Even Triple H had the title for a bit. It is that title that elevates you. If you can run, make a run with the intercontinental title and, and get over, then you definitely get that push. Well, Triple H had that had that great run with the title where it was the two man power trip, right? It was um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Austin had the the world, world title, title. And, and he had the IC title, and they felt and both they even. Titles. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's it's I've always like it's it's my favorite title essentially, like because it's the working title. You know what I mean? Yeah. that's what it always has been. So, yeah, good good draft. I enjoyed that. If if they could just fix that design up, <laughs> uh, but I was thinking also. Um, when I was watching Money in the Bank, we're going to remember this Intercontinental Championship design as Gunther's title. 100%. It's going to change as soon as he loses it. Yeah. Yeah. I hate the look of it, but yeah. Just it's bring good. back the classic white strap. That's all we need. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, that is it for the show this week. We're going to be back in four weeks to preview a huge SummerSlam. But, Benny, look, for, for the peeps that have come this far, yeah, uh, to the end of the show, you might be able to see something in the background uh, just here. Ooh. I will. Uh, I'll bring it a little closer. Whoa, ladies and gentlemen! Now we have this beautiful Fantasy Mania World Championship belt. Now, for those of you that listen, you know Benny and I are avid. Uh, fantasy NFL football fans. We are starting a wrestling themed uh, NFL fantasy football league this season. Yes. Uh, this beautiful big belt will be uh, gifted to the champion. Um, now I've got some gimmicks that happen in it as well. We also have, we have a money in the bank week. <laughs> we can, we can win your way to the playoffs. We have a secondary title. You could become the IC the fantasy mania I see champion. So look, if you are interested in joining our league, please hit us up on the socials. Uh, it's really fun. We've got a lot of like pay-per-view tent pole slash events. So if you're in your, into your wrestling and you're into your fantasy football, hit us up and we'll, we'll throw you in the, the fantasy mania three count league. Ooh. Can't wait um, for that. It's going to be wait. so good. So I can't good. wait. I'm that looking title is to so it. sexy as well. I can't oh, wait to wear it. Can't wait to wear it. Well, it's, stop it's, touching my title. It's, it's big and heavy. Yeah, big and it's, like, heavy. it's like me. It's like me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you, Benny. Thanks, mate. It's been a pleasure as always. Enjoy Tribal Court uh, and enjoy watching the lead up to SummerSlam. And we'll see you all again next time on the Three Count Podcast.